You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. I mean, we have definite shared financial responsibilities. Like Laura pays the bills, I do the investments, you know, mm. we get we we share the kind of budgeting look look backs for the Phi stuff. How does it work in your house? <laughs> Tell us, Laurie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of got kicked off the bills uh, well, a while 20 ago. years ago? 20 years ago. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, yeah, I think, I don't think we actually had any, um, anything turned off, but. No, but in your previous life, I think <laughs> you might have had some utilities had, turned yeah. off for non-payment. <laughs> I think I had some utilities turned off uh, a few times. So uh, Jason pretty much takes the reins on that. And I uh, take care of the bills and the investments. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was ever able to get you to commit to a budget meeting, but we do have a net worth meeting once a year. And we do, especially now post fire, we will talk about kind of if we need to make major purchases or, for example, when, you know, Lori wanted to do some landscaping, we just talked about, you know, how we pay for that. And so I think it's it's something we talk about maybe a little more than we did before. But I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think it's a major point of friction either. I mean, at this point, I don't think we need to talk about it as much. Right. In the few year or two leading up to fire, yeah. uh, we we definitely checked in. You know, he would show me probably about monthly. You know, sort of where we're at and you know what, just to kind of give me an update, which is good. But it's funny, I've already forgotten that. So yeah, when you, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So when you guys, changed- my brain's already going. That's what happens when you stop working, kids. <laughs> when you changed your number, Lori. Um, you said it changed a couple of different times. What, what made you change it? I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know. Maybe I think it was more, it was generally initiated by me, Eric. Yeah. And, and where, where I think you might have a response is it's the more we learned, the more we realized we weren't talking about the more intangible, but in many ways, just as important, if not more important things, you know, Mm -hmm. what does the vacation we want to take look like? And how often do we want to take them? What do we think healthcare is going to look like? And honestly, how long do we think we're going to live? Uh, When we started to talk about those things more, I don't know if you remember those discussions, the number started to go up. Well, and like, yeah, and honestly, like I was saying before, I feel like we just, as time went on and we realized like, Oh, you know, we don't have to live in that hut on the beach. You know, we can actually make this work, you know, or we can keep a fairly consistent lifestyle. You know, we just have to do these things to make that happen. Right. We have to save more now or, you know, just make some changes in how we live up until that point. And then different things are enabled. And were we willing to make those sacrifices, you know, for whatever, 10 years or so, or, whatever that number ended up being, you know, to get yeah. to that point. And, and we were, I, I was actually really, I was pleasantly surprised that that was, it was possible. I had no idea, you know, like I said, early on, right. I was just like, Oh, I assumed retiring meant, you know, <laughs> living in a van down by the river, but <laughs> where I think we did start to talk more. And I bet you remember this is in the last couple of years before when we started to do more detailed modeling, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about confidence and Monte Carlo simulations and just making sure we were on the same page with. So this says it's this model's 90 percent confident that we're going to make it to our expected lifetime without running out of money. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Um, we started to have those conversations more and more in the last couple of years. And I, I think for me, at least that making sure we were bought in together was really important. 
I mean, do you remember that? And how did it strike you? <laughs> That's a no. I don't think I really have any. Yeah, I don't. Doesn't remember it. Oh, I just remember on. being like, yeah, there. I was surprised that there were so many tools. You know, I, that there was this whole like world that I didn't know existed. That yeah. you know, <laughs> one one of the things I worry about a little bit is like you know I have a lot of people at work who you know I work with a lot of a diversity of people, all really you know smart inspirational people and I mentor a lot of people and I do worry after all, you know, at once I get to the point where I'm not working anymore, how do I replace that? And am I going to be, am I not going to be challenged if I'm not around a diversity of people? And when Eric was learning about the sort of geo arbitrage idea, like go live somebody that somewhere that's a low cost of living. And I was imagining like, well, we're going to go to some place where we don't speak the language so what we would do probably is just find people just like us and just hang out with them and live there for a period of time and never be part of the community because how can we if we don't understand the culture and we don't speak the language? So so that's the reason right. not to go there? No, I'm saying if we did do something like that, we would have to challenge ourselves to, I would want to challenge myself to integrate into the community as much as possible. And they probably wouldn't right. like to have the annoying person there, but I would go teach English or do something that would allow me to like be around the people who live there. So I wouldn't feel like this so you go, you indoctr interloper. indoctrinate them into the, into the Western ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the first time that we've moved somewhere without having any connections. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we moved out West for Jason to take the job in the San Francisco area, you know, he knew people already. We knew people right. already living out there, you know, through work. We had right. friends that were out there. He still had all of those connections at his job. Uh, th that was not the case for this move. So we know nobody here in this right. community. We have no connections. And that, I think, has been challenging. And I'm not a, a super social person, you know, I, but I've found it challenging really? as well, yeah. actually. So yeah. what, what have you done? Yeah, to well, I think it, you know, co combining that with combining that with COVID just makes it, you know, it's yeah. a tough way to start, right? A, yeah. a, a year yeah. with COVID kind of stuff. of that and that being your first year in a new town. That, that's a tough combination. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, and like Laura was saying, you know, you don't have those. Our daughter's not at an age where, um, you know, we're meeting parents through the school or um, you know, we're both not. I mean, I have that day at the brewery one day a week, but it's not, you know, it's not really enough to make any sort of it takes a while to make connections right. right um and as you get older it's just harder you know i, I almost yeah. feel like i'm getting lazy as i get older i'm just like i notice when i talk to you know old friends back home or just people that i've known a while i'm like oh this is just so nice it's so like comforting you know <laughs> whereas making like new friends is just like this whole thing you know yeah. you have to like <laughs> suss them out like is it a good fit and i don't know it's just, Maybe you could speak to that. But. Well, it's a real thing too, <laughs> no, because I, I, I that, when you get to be this age, like a lot of people who are in that community, they all have friends and they're feeling the same way too. It's like, well, I don't, yes. do I need to make the effort to like try and forge new connections? So new yeah, it's one of the big concerns we both have about moving from here for sure. Yeah. Well, let, let me put it a little different angle on it. It's also tough when you are of an age as we are, where your friends are still working. And you are not. And mm -hmm. so their flexibility, their willingness to kind of get together is different when you live farther away. Right. One of the challenges about moving where we did is we're only three hours away from our friends. 
and our, our you know friends who we Excuse used to me. live near and hang out with and so <laughs> you were, we've been too far away from you for a long time you should have bought the house guys. next door when it went up for sale mm. um but anyway um the point i was going to make is you know it's tough because you know i find myself you know texting them and they're busy they can't always get back to me see it's not just you that gets the barrage of texts other people do too <laughs> they can't always get back to me on a timeline that i i wish they would um they're not necessarily free to meet up you know if, even if i'm willing to drive up there for a friday and saturday right people have their own lives and when you suddenly have almost complete freedom of time it's reminds you often that not everybody does right right and so to an idea you've raised in the past you know finding connections who are of a similar mindset who may be on a fire path certainly only going to help when you live to a, a smaller you know move to a smaller town right i don't live in a city and i don't live near a city so that's just a little different. And uh, the sort of bar to make new friends has been higher this year, right? That's out of everybody's mm -hmm. control. I'm sure that will improve. And most days I don't really think about this. And that's why when you've asked this to, of me in the past, it's not something I dwell on. But today, for some reason, it's just kind of on my mind. It's a change. It's something for you a have particular to reason or adapt to. Did somebody blow you off, like not answer your um, text? No, no. It's, it's We had kind of tentative plans with folks and... For good reasons, those <laughs> those fell through. And, you know, it's a letdown because yeah. one of the things I have found is that I look forward to the time I get with my friends who right, I moved right. away from so much now yeah. that there's a lot of buildup. And then if you're not able to, like, meet up or as sooner as you wanted to, you know, it's disappointing, which right. is, you know, that's a normal human reaction. I was going to say. But I you haven't I really made an effort to connect with anybody here yet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. It. I'm going to get on that. Get on it. As I understand it, you are talking about, you know, keeping your current property, but you would like to travel and live somewhere else, whether it's a more nomadic approach or whether it's a longer term thing, maybe over time. But you are talking about being away from your network of friends and, and former colleagues. Mm -hmm. What does that make you think about? What are your concerns, your fears? What comes to mind? I think when you're spending a lot of time with just your partner, you start to depend on them for, you know, the things that you used to depend on like a whole village of people to do. Right. So they, of course, sure. Eric is my best friend. Um, but I also have other friends, you know, and I, you know, I have family and there's, you know, people that you turn to for different things that you, you may not turn to your spouse for necessarily. And so I think one, and I think that same is true for him. So there's the, constant sharing of space, you know, like I have a workplace, I've got my office there, like all of my messiness that I don't, you know, all of my ugly things that Eric doesn't like are in my office. <laughs> Not know? here. Not here. Not here. I can't, I cannot imagine sharing an office with, with Eric because like he I, has his particular ways. Amazing. I, yeah. you would, it's amazing. I, he would die if I was in there. I so. have a plastic I Darth Vader that dances when the sun shines <laughs> on it. Like all kinds of stupid toys oh that like. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so bad. People have given Better me headphones, man. Th these are not mine. Let's kill you. These are not mine. <laughs> Eric made me wear these. Everyone's gonna be drawn to Laura's headphones in this episode because they're like the big pop of color. I know, they are. They're so, awful. They are not mine. They're awful. They're yeah. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so there, there's that. I I have the same concerns you do. I mean, I, I think I I know that I will need to, you know, work hard to identify other people, 
you know, who I can interact with in addition to, you know, Eric and I, I mean, I think, of course we want, I think we are looking forward to spending a lot of time together, but I think we have to also recognize the fact that, you know, it's important that you have, you know, different people in your life. And, um, so that's just going to be an adjustment because for everybody, it's so easy to just sort of make your friends through work, right? Meet your spouse through work. (laughs) Not for me. I know. So like, or Lori, I mean, like if you're doing a tutoring job, you're not like making a lot of friends that way. Right. No. And 12 year olds are great to be friends with. (laughs) A lot of middle schoolers. Sure. (laughs) So it's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. Right. Yeah. Are you disagreeing or are you saying that that's true? Apparently. Jason and I operate a little differently too. I mean, he's definitely a much more, you know, social guy. Like he feels like he needs that interaction a lot more than I do, but you know, I, it's just nice to have, you know, those for me, like two or three people in your life that you're, it's just easy to be with them. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's what I like. People that are easy to be with like comfortable silences. Like we can just hang out and Mm -hmm. chill and, and it's, that takes time. I mean, every time you move to find those people, it's time. And I think that can be, it can get tiring, I think, after a while, if you do a lot of moving. Um, but Well, like when you guys um, came out to visit us, yeah. you know, in the time that we were hanging out together, it was like, it's yeah. like, oh, this is, this is great. Like, this is amazing. And we're all yeah, and yeah. We're like aligned yeah. on all those, you know, like we don't even have to really talk about the fire stuff because it's not like the elephant in the room kind of thing. Um, whereas with some yeah. of our yeah. friends here yeah. locally, it's like, we're on this different kind of trajectory. Like we're, we're about to do something really different totally. than they are. And so we, I find more, more distance there. So yeah, I know what you mean. And, yeah. And, and it's, it's and it's interesting too because we've lived apart for a while now. I mean, we yeah. moved out of Maine when two thousand six. Fifteen years ago. Yeah, it was fifteen years ago. ago. But it seems like we've kind of like our paths have kind of gone the same direction, you know. Parallel, and yeah. We've, does that, yeah, almost like parallel paths. And I feel like all the things that we kind of always felt close with you guys about, we still feel close to you about. And it, there's an ease there hanging out. Yes, I agree with you. It's yeah. why I'm trying to get yeah. them to come out here and visit so they can yeah. see that they can make this area work <laughs> and it can fit their fire plans, well, irrespective of Eric <laughs> wanting to squeeze every yeah, dollar out is, of his business no, they, and not give it to the government living in California. But you just told but, me it I mean, sucks out some there. Some things are worth it. <laughs> no, it's awesome out here. I, I, okay. I am actually very happy with the move. Jason. In three years, Arwen is going to college. In three years, they're firing. <laughs> Who knows where the fuck will end up? We Why did we buy a house here. then? We'll in six it. months, the market we'll bottom could it. completely drop See, out. you get so hung up on this stuff. Because well, I'm ready. Just get right. rid of the house. Just get rid of it. So are you considering yeah. moving? Yeah, I don't care. I'll move in three years. We've always been open to the idea yeah. that no, no change, none, none of these moves are permanent. Like, oh. We're putting down roots now. This is the last time we can buy or rent a house. Yeah, this is, no. you know, we're done. No, I, I love California. I love the climate. I love the vibe. The, it made sense for us to stay here because of school for Arwen. Totally. I mean, they have an awesome university system here. So we wanted to stay in state in case she wants to go to college here. We wanted to stay close enough to her friends, um, you know, and our friends up in the Bay Area. But after three years, I mean, once she's off to school, I, I, for me, anything's on the table. I sounds like maybe not as much for him, but no, on, <laughs> on the table. But again, I think the way I recall our conversations going when we bought this house, something you were really into that idea. Oh, keeping the house as a home base. N- no, no, was more. 
when we pick where to move to, we should pick somewhere where we could see ourselves being happy for a long time, uh-huh. but acknowledging the fact that who knows what a long time will mean. We could change, we could just pick up and change our plans at any time. But uh, I, I don't think I would maybe word it quite so cavalierly that, oh, in three years, we're just ready to sell the house. It's like, that could happen. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Totally not aligned. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, that's good. No, I, we, we were very aligned on this point. Uh, it's, uh, well, you know, your feelings change. Yeah, it's weird. I thought we're, we're, that everybody would be aligned yeah, but all if, the time. If it, there's a high likelihood, the point is if there's a high likelihood of you selling in three years, you don't buy a house. Like full stop. I don't, I wouldn't say there's a high likelihood. I like where we live. Okay, that's, but but that's my point. I just meant like for me, like, I don't know. Who knows? And, yeah, w- willingness, <laughs> openness to the idea is something we both have. I honestly, like, I just, I want more money to spend. So getting somewhere that's a little cheaper would be nice. Laura, how do you really feel about the trawler idea? <laughs> I, you know, I love the idea of a boat, but the reality of it is we have spent zero time on a boat and it's a very small space. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be on the boat together in a very, like a, this size space. For pretty much whatever, however long we're she on the loves boat. the idea. <laughs> I have very romantic ideas about the trawler too. Um, it's a it's a very expensive investment, and it's something that I don't you know it's not unlike a house. You know, it basically will depreciate pretty quickly. So you know, when we are done with it and we have to sell it, we're not going to get anything back out of that again. So. As a financial decision, I don't know if it's the best one. Yeah, you and can then, see where this is headed, man. And also, it's actually pretty expensive to live on a boat, like with all the fees associated yeah. with being in port and fuel and all that stuff. It's not a cheap way of life compared to like, you know, being in a, I don't know, like a van or something like that. But <laughs> here we go with a van. You guys got to find like a, you got to find a, van a trawler down Airbnb so you can test I know. it out. No, yeah, you're so right. I, I think we need to do something <laughs> like that. It's a good idea, yeah. Lori. And we also have to educate ourselves on like diesel engine repair and all kinds of stuff Yo, which would be fun actually if you're gonna do your commune idea why don't we just do like a flotilla like we all get like boats <laughs> oh, and make, make oh, a like water circle. world so this is water yeah. world oh, <laughs> a fire crew okay, i want to be dennis yeah. hopper let's get yeah yeah we'll dig dennis hopper up from the grave and bring him with us <laughs> is he dead i think so i don't know i don't think he's dead oh no i think he died a while ago no i don't know um, since we, since you're newer to, newer to fire, how did you introduce the idea to your two teenagers? We just, we just told them about it. I mean, I don't think they really, it didn't really affect them either way, except that what we did do was we, we definitely have started to talk with them a lot about money in ways that I think neither one of us had when we were their age. You know, they totally understand the idea of saving at a much earlier age than at least I did. I mean, I was saving, like I said, to for specific items, but I was never thinking about the far future. So I we got our kids. Right. I would say Eric did most of the talking with the kids about this, like got them interested in the idea of having a Roth and like, how does that money grow for every dollar you put in that turns into $80 when at some point, 88 more because they're younger but anyway okay so right so it they listened to that and i think they took it in and i and i do see that they are um you know one of the kids is more of a spendy type than the other one uh, but i think both of them are uh, definitely thinking about things and much sooner than i ever did so but in terms of like great. the retirement idea 
like that we were retiring. Is that what you mean, Jay? It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that I don't remember them having any kind of like big reaction to that. I think they think we're lazy, to be honest. I think they're, no, they <laughs> that's what I was wondering. Yeah. It's no, like, I, what the heck are you doing? Well, that's I, not what people do. Yeah. Well, I think Sig in a way so. is like, eh, you just don't like what you're doing, dad. So you're just like checking out eh, <laughs> whatever. But I mean, it's not the mm-hmm. narrative that we present where it's, it's definitely that like freedom to choose. Like you were saying, Lori, like, right own my time basically. And I think that's what the financial education that we're trying to pass along to them is like your parents did to you, Lori, um, is just say, when you get these things sorted out, you know, you control all of the levers, not somebody else. And you can choose to work for somebody if you want, or have a 60 year career if that's what you choose. But you know, the choice is yours, not someone else's to make for you. How have you guys, exactly. has, uh, has your daughter, had any negative thoughts about you retiring or is she ambivalent or what? I think she had a similar reaction. I think she was just kind of like, you know, okay, not sure. Like just kind of thought maybe we were, were lazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that ours was a little more, there was a little more wrapped up in it because us retiring meant we had to move. Oh, right. And I think she wasn't too happy about that early when she was younger, she had, no problem with it. But at that point, I think she was kind of uh, a little more hesitant to move uh, high school, out of the right? area. So, She's yeah. in high school. Yeah. She was, she uh, would be starting high school. Yeah. It was between yeah. middle school and high school that yeah. we moved. So how is she yeah. done making, um, making friends there? Well, we moved here during COVID. So she didn't have any in-person schooling for the first seven. First two thirds of the yeah, year. Wow. First two thirds of the year. That was really difficult. That's rough. Uh, but the she, last third, I would say, well, well, yeah, as soon as she went back, she actually, yeah, integrated into a new friends group right away, pretty much. And and during the time when she wasn't able to go to school in person, we made sure we were driving her back up north to the Bay Area so that way she could see her friends. Once you were allowed yeah. to travel. Yes. <laughs> and outside. That's Liar. your disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we were, we were not violating California she lockdowns. Said. Underground railroad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> What is your hope for Eric in retirement? Whatever that means. I, I hope he can be happy. I want him to be happy. I'm sorry. That sounds trivial, but you know, I, I don't want him to feel, I don't want him to be obsessively focused on the budget. I want him to be able to enjoy what we're, whatever it is we choose to do together and the things that we choose to do separately. I hope that he still has, um, I guess a certain level of respect and admiration for whatever it is I decide to do. Yeah. We didn't (laughs) talk about this. It's totally selfish, but (laughs) I think I stayed away from it. Yeah. I mean, in some ways I don't want him to realize like she really should have just kept up with her career because here she is laying on the couch eating bonbons for the 600th day in a row i'm not going to do that but like I, I do worry a little no, bit you're not. about my capability to fill my time and in, in a constructive way because he's already gone through that process of like you know leaving the of the work creating his own um business creating his own space um, filling his time with things that he enjoys and he's very good at creating right. structure for himself. And I have to go through that process still. So 
Uh, and I also am not somebody who's naturally super structured. So um, I feel like I'm just turning this around from what do I hope for him to what I hope for myself. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's all part of it. In I many, was going to ask you that as I'm a not, second part. I'm not really, you, just, yeah. you just saw it coming. Yeah, I'm not worried about... But um, you... I'm not worried about his ability to, to create whatever it is he sets his mind to because he's done that over and over again. Um, yeah. And... I know he'll do it again and he'll do amazing things. And I want to be able to do that too. And I don't yet know if I can. So she's had this kind of conflict. Like, she, like You've already done it, Laura. I, I mean, you, I, you're clearly a very like self directing, self motivated person. I mean, look at your career right now. I mean, you have that whole lab that you're running. You've, you've going through that whole PhD program, setting up your own lab, running your own lab. I mean, I, I don't foresee any issue for you finding a way to, yeah. You know, you. keep yourself filled and busy. I think a yeah. lot of that, like having people who are depending on me is a big motivator. And so when that yeah, goes away, I get that. Yeah. Then you have to sort of, everything has to be very intrinsically motivated. So, um, not having people waiting on me like, okay, what are we doing now? You know, like having, once you sort of create that team of people and they're, and you're leading them, it kind of, it, it, I can, I think I draw a lot of energy from that and it causes me to do yeah. more and different things. And it's still within the realm of what I feel is interesting, but it's just a collaborative effort, I guess. And so it might mean, it. it might mean that for me to be really happy with what I'm doing, it might need to be something that Eric and I are collaborating on. Um, mm. but then he's going to have to probably let go of some aspects of that thing and let me have control over. That's yeah. That, I have a really hard time doing that as Jason knows, yeah. but I'm going getting... to collaborate with. <laughs> he is. He's trying. I'm getting better. Yeah. He's getting I'm, better at it. Like... Now the, the one thing I wanted to add, Laura, is I think it's good. The idea to find intrinsic motivation. It's, it's, it's helpful to anyone irrespective of their stage in life. But the other thing I was going to add is there's other ways to get extrinsic, extrinsic motivation other than people working directly for you. Um, there's lots of ways to get validation and, and fulfillment. And I think it'll just be a matter of finding what those are. But as Eric and I have discussed many times, that freedom to explore different things and see how they tick those boxes for you or not is what you're buying. When you do decide to ramp down your work or stop that type of work completely, you now have the space to try to fill with other things. And you yeah, don't and have it to have it solved. Some time. I mean, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to have it solved right away. It's, it, it, it may take you a year of a year or two. You may try five different things and find that they're not working. But, you know, it's just having the freedom to do that is mm -hmm. awesome. I mean, that's what, uh, that's what I, I would argue for me about I seeing couldn't. you guys and seeing you go through this like before us in a lot of ways that, w that we can look to that as an example. And I mean, it, you guys are incredibly well aligned and supportive of one another. And I think that, I mean, it's a, it's a great example, I think to show other, other people, um, on how good it, it can be and what supporting the other spouse looks like and how that can help that person kind of, I mean, it's essentially what made it possible for you guys to do. I mean, even if you don't want to take credit for yeah. it, Lori, it's like, you know, that kernel of an idea was there that then Jason built, you know, married with this kind of fire idea and, you know, the flexibility of you to say, okay, you know, I'm going to take and invest my time with my daughter while Jason is building 
a career and supporting, you know, the family and like all, all those things are sacrifices and things that are intertwined and we have a similar set set of things. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's nice to be able to share it in this way. Cause I don't, I don't think people yeah. talk about it that often. So I appreciate it. That's funny. Uh, Laura's answer when you had asked her what, uh, what she wanted for Eric. And that was the same answer that I gave Laura when he, when we used to talk about it before he, he retired, I just wanted him to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to be able to spend his time and find things that are fulfilling for him. But yeah, the main thing just to be happy and to sleep better and to sleep better, which yes. I do. So two thumbs up for sleeping yeah. better. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, same yeah. here. <laughs> He'd it's, be up at like three in the morning. It's funny how much of the, our discussion, like, you know, how little of our discussion actually focused on the finances and the numbers part of it and how much of it focused on the emotional aspects of it. And I think that that's the bulk of what you confront here, you know, whether it's finding friend groups or if it's coming to terms with, you know, leaving a career behind and all of your sort of purpose and sort of self-worth with that. And Mm -hmm. they're, they're like these really emotionally charged decisions wrapped up into this one little thing for sure and there's no perfect answer um Mm -hmm. it's just nice to have so many different kind of opinions and and ways of doing it like Lori, the way you've done it is is just way different than i think how laura will do it but that the net result is going to be the same i hope and i hope that you can yeah and work for you most importantly right we're all wired in our own ways we have our backgrounds our experiences the way we look at the world and all four of us look at things differently, but as long as your views are compatible and our views are compatible, right, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to work out. And I think it's one of the more interesting aspects of this movement for me, the fire movement is this part of it, the emotional part of it. Cause I feel like you don't hear about that part enough, you know, no. all of these podcasts and, and, you know, YouTube channels are all about the numbers and yeah. how to do it. And this is, I think this is really cool that you're kind of getting a different take on it. Yeah. And also that like, it'd be nice to get you guys back and have perspectives on other topics that we're talking about. Like we didn't talk a lot about, you know, choosing where to live, but like, that's something that we're Mm -hmm. really struggling with right now, as you know, and you know, these are things that you, you guys have solved, but also you have an idea about solving those problems in that this is, this is one solution and it's going to work for a short period of time, maybe, or maybe a long period of time, but we're willing to revisit it. And I think that is like, that's especially interesting to me because we've put roots down here and haven't made a lot of changes. And you guys have been able to Mm -hmm. change careers and locations and friend groups and like all these things that we look to you and say, Oh, how do they do that? You know? Um, and even you guys who are experienced at doing that are now coming in saying, well, you know, it's like, that's not perfect and this isn't perfect and so it's just good to hear about it and i'd like to you know it'd be great to check in every once in a while and do this again join us as the conversation continues next time on two sides of fi if you've enjoyed the show please consider rating it at apple podcasts or wherever you listen for show notes resources and links to the video version please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com. sides